Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Bueller of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure, my hormone monster of two wheels, <laughs> Mr. Shaheen Avandi! Let's go outside and do wheelies. <laughs> so, season three's out, sir. Let's not wear any gear and just go fuck it up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if you're not watching Big Mouth, you need to go do it. I already got Rennie Skaysbrook to, to start watching it, uh-huh. and it's it's messing up his life. <laughs> season one was hilarious. Season two, my wife, who hates TV shows, was like on the ground laughing. So I'm excited to see what season three does. Season three is next level, and it's there's a couple episodes where I think you need like you need like call a friend and like have a conversation. And really, like hey, like I just need like a little human contact right now. I got like I got some stuff in my head. I got to work out. <laughs> Because it it takes you to a whole nother place. All of my Florida friends are saying there's, this, uh, I guess, an episode about Florida that's supposed to yes, be Yes, that's the incest episode. On. That's the one I was telling oh, you about. Oh, yeah. boy. I'm dying to see that it's, one. Oh, my gosh. A, a certain friend of ours is moving to Florida. That's such a bad idea. I know. Andrew Cohen. Why do you think he's doing why? this? Um, I, I know why he's doing it. He's trying to be closer to family and work moving them That's out. his cover story. I like his cover story. I I think he's he's secretly it, working on some top secret stuff. But we'll have an East Coast coverage now. Absolutely. There you go. Until you know I'm not going there. Florida's ten feet underwater. Well then we'll have a East Coast coverage of the newest and best boats. I bet he's got a submarine. I think you'd need one down there. Yeah. How else are you gonna run all that coke? I mean never mind. They do that though. They they, they, do. they just caught submarine recently. <laughs> it's crazy to me. I don't imagine just like putting a submarine together in your backyard and be like, all right, going to go through the Atlantic with us. Best of luck, everyone. See, this is where my mind goes. I like like that's where your mind goes. My (laughs) mind goes like, imagine the profit margins that can justify spending like, because the submarines only go one way. It's not like they come back. They're like single use submarines. That's it. It's like a... (laughs) I love the idea That's of a like lot of money. having a six pack of submarines. Just, you know, use yeah, one, pop it, and sink done. it. Next. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like when they I bring like it here the business. and they've sold the Coke, got rid of it, emptied the submarine, they should just sell the submarine to yep. somebody over there. Like, hey, bro, if you want to why isn't there stand out in your <laughs> boat buddies uh, <laughs> circle? Why isn't there a secondhand market for used Coke submarines? I, this is our business idea. This, this is, is our business idea. This is, I, I like it. Boom. So we make friends with some like Colombians and well, that's you can't label that. You can't just pigeonhole a whole country. I on just that. finished watching um, um, Narcos. Narcos. So you know that's just where my mind's at. I mean, the Nicaraguans get in there too. That's fair, but it's, you stuff know, comes from Mexico. I mean, I'm pretty, pretty much everyone's got their little little fingers in the in the teapot there. That's teapot. That's teapot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's like a. You know, that's that's how you learn about the culture and heritage of the rest of the world. You okay. try all their foods and all their wares. So everything I know about drug dealing, I learned from Breaking Bad. Yeah. And that, you know, that show didn't really make me want to be a dr- drug dealer. It looked like a hard life. It wasn't easy. No. I mean, what do you do? You made $20 million. Now you got to just figure out a way to. And you got to launder it. God damn it. That's a lot of work. Best way to do that. Open up a motorcycle dealership. That's how we brought. That's how we bring this conversation that's full exactly, circle. That's actually a really good point. You're running a motorcycle dealership and you're not using it to launder money. You're probably doing it wrong. Uh, and today's segment brought to you by uh, Jensen Beeler Esquire. <laughs> Don't hire me as your lawyer. <laughs> that would give us both or two. You're like better call Jensen. <laughs> I like that show. I like that show a lot, actually. Just don't get shot or <laughs> beat up. Say my name. <laughs> Say my name. Uh, motorcycles. 
that's what this podcast is about, right? Which podcast yeah. are we doing right now? We're at uh, 22. Talk? This is a, are we, are we brap talking? Are we, this is the only, this is the only prep podcast I do. What if we did a podcast that was, we should call it anything but bikes. We could do that easily, you and I. There's so many rabbit holes that we can just sink into. <laughs> it would be great because we could just edit out all the nonsense we talk about. We could distill this show into like a 20-minute, just hard-hitting, up-in-your-face motorcycle show. <laughs> and then the other hour and 40 minutes could be the other podcast. I feel like our show is turning into like, I mean, this is giving some accolades to ourselves, but I feel like we're turning into like the top gear of motorcycle podcasts and that a lot happens around the motorcycle. And sometimes we even talk about the motorcycle. Every now, I'm going to say our, our, our egos are about the same size. <laughs> I promise not to punch our producer. Oh, our my God. Boy. What a horrible human being. You know, Jeremy Clarkson has this place on the Isle of Man, too. And he got like in this huge. He hates motorcycles. with like he was basically trying to take over the beach. Like there's a there's a public access to the beach. And he was trying to be like, no, nope, that's mine now. And everyone's like, no, that's not how that works, Jeremy. Just because you're rich doesn't mean you get to buy all the beach, which people in Malibu could probably take a lesson from. Probably. And I have to go watch Super Bad all over, not Super Troopers all over again. In the beginning where they're having a discussion about when you live on the beach, do you just own the house or do you own the beach too? Oh, man, the beach, the sand is God's. The sand's for everybody. For everybody. I just like in Super Troopers when they guzzle the syrup. They're actually guzzling the syrup. I have a like friend that, of mine. There's no, there's no like special effects. It's not like brown water. Like they're just like, nope, that yep. is just nine thousand calories of syrup. That, that face he makes where he goes, Bleh. that's a real like reaction to it. Yeah. So we went to a showing of this movie, and a friend of mine entered a. Don't syrup worry, we'll get to motorcycles in a minute. Don't worry, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. He rides motorcycles, <laughs> so he got into a, a maple syrup guzzling contest to win like fifty dollars in gift cards from this theater. Not enough money. He won. He hasn't touched maple syrup for like years. No. Oh, dude, it ruined. I'm like, was it worth the 50 bucks? Please tell me it was worth the 50 bucks. No, there's no way. 50 bucks? I'll give no. you 50 bucks to do that again. For pre-diabetes? No. Diabetes. I got the diabetes. Hey, you know where that happened? Florida. <laughs> Germany or Florida. That's one of my favorite games. One of my favorite games. Whenever I read a news story, I'm like, Germany or Florida. Germany or Florida. Yeah. Uh, motorcycles. motorcycles it's it's turning into fall here in portland oregon i know and i keep seeing people talking about the season closing season is over it we're is not getting close what the hell like what how what why just go buy some gear yeah just i mean keep... we just did i just did this weekend on uh, the last track day of the season right but it's only that because no one scheduled anymore it was nice towards the middle of the day in the morning it was, it was actually I rode to the track. It was great. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great. It was like 40 degrees. But, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that cold. It wasn't like super cold. No. And then first few sessions were a little sketchy because when the that's the thing. When you we had this issue back east and I think it's because it's more prevalent there, like riders there are a little bit more aware. Right. But, you know, out here, especially when you get into the later months or when it's like early early start of the season, Hey, last night or the night before, it got down into the 40s. Yeah. The track it doesn't warm up right as quickly. Like it nope. needs the sun, yep. it needs things to go on it. I think people think just rubber on asphalt equals traction. Or, or it's one of those who's like, I'm running slick, so I have all the grip in the world, or mm. I have tire warmers, so my tires are warm. Like, tires on, could, uh, warmers on the bike while you're riding on the track, because I'm going to tell you. 
I was, yeah, those first few sessions, um, if you had tire warmers on, the heat from the warmers was gone. By the time you got to the start line. Probably. <laughs> but like, like honestly, like after one lap, you're probably right back to as if you didn't have warmers oh, on. Oh, God. You know, and then you're building so, the heat again. So I live maybe a quarter mile, half mile away from the track. And I could hear you guys start at 9 a.m. First session started with group A because mm-hmm. it was much louder. And then it got a little quieter with group B. And then I couldn't really hear group C. You can thank Chris Heron for that. With his H two of the straight pipe, oh man, like that's what that was. Flag on the first session because it was <laughs> I, too I liked loud. It personally, it was too loud on like the no noise restriction oh, day. <laughs> so, so I'm hearing like all this noise, all this noise, all this noise, and then I took off with our buddy Davin to go uh, do an adventure ride, and right before I got on my bike, it had gone dead silence. I'm like, oh, turn one or turn three's claimed someone. We had eight <laughs> crashes in turn eight three. Crashes in one serving in one turn. Oh my God, that was throughout the day, but most of those crashes were before lunch. And turn three, like you think about it, like man, it's, it's the first proper it's, left-hander. It's the left. It's the first proper left-hander. It's off camera. It's kind of a weird turn. It gets a little dirty. Um, I'm familiar with but turn like three, in reality, so cruel mistress. Yeah, the only other left is turn seven, which is kind of like a quick. It's a quickie, and depending on how hard you take it, you know, you may or may not be getting the knee down. Because it's a real quick, it's the first, it's the left, right, chicane kind of thing. And then you have a long time of going down the front straight. Yep. And like, I did the data on my Kramer. How long was the front straight? While you were doing the front straight? Yeah, front straight's like (laughs) 30, 35 seconds long or something like that. Oh my God. I mean, it's a mile long. And then you're going to do turn one, you're going to do turn two, well, you're going to do one A, and then you're going to do one B, then you're going to do turn, those are all right-hand turns, and then you're finally back on the left-hand side of the top. You're Almost, I'd say more than halfway around the the track. It's like a NASCAR track, except with two turns to the left. Yeah, basically. just keep going right all day. Kind of is. And there's so no like, elevation change. There's no. There's nothing to exercise the tires. Yeah, it's really easy for that for that side to cool down. You really have to ease into it and nope. you know, cop people out. Um, Nobody got hurt. Hopefully, uh, we had one. I wasn't there for it. Um, because I was in, I was instructing C group control running that, but I heard that the track went went cold for maybe five ten minutes. Ambulance went out, but I don't think anyone got too hurt. Just make sure no one's hurt. Yeah, I think that was just more. I imagine that day would have been awesome after like eleven o'clock or so, when the sun's been out a minute and given the track a little yeah. bit of time to warm I up. It was phenomenal. It was yeah. great. We had a, it, it got up to the seventies. So. You guys rode to like past five o'clock. I remember I got home at five o'clock and you were still running. I left early. Huh. Yeah. Well, they were running then. Yeah. I was on the Street Fighter. I was just kind of putting around. The pretty bike. The pretty bike. And then I kind of just got a little tired and just went home. It's a little bit scary to ride the pretty bike on the track, isn't it? Especially now that you have a dedicated track bike. It's, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really planning it that way, but I didn't quite get the the swing arm repair done in time. And then I was trying to find a master link and there wasn't one in town and it was a whole thing. So I was a little bummed not to ride the Kramer because I kind of want to have like one last hurrah One last on hurrah it. with it. But the Street Fighter is, it's a fun bike. It's hard at PIR because there's no fairing. Yeah. And you're going down the front straight, and that bike will still do about a buck 50. So a buck but you're 50 holding on for dear yeah, life. Yeah, buck 50, <laughs> like between like 130 to 150 with no windscreen, it's just work. Like it's just hard, and you're holding on for dear life. I hope you had the slipperiest helmet on the planet on. Um, and uh, I had street tires on. I've done like four track days on those Diablo Rosa Corsa 2s. Oh, yeah. And they're still hooking up really well, but it still kind of gets in your head. You're like, I'm on a street tire. Ooh, turn, I'm turn, not turn, quite turn. sure what my pressures are doing. I'm not quite sure. There's no traction control. There's no AVA. Like, it's just, 
It's the pretty bike. I don't know. It's it's a bike that gets in my head really easily. And I don't I love the front end feel off of it. And I'm still kind of looking for a suspension setting for the track on it. And I think it needs a little bit more geometry work. Hmm. I just, it, because it's the street bike, it just doesn't really get that kind of attention because it works fine on the street to get it. You know, hey, man, that's around. a coffee shop bike. Yeah. But um, it does great for, for instructing because you can ride that bike. I was going to say you can ride that bike all day. And I clearly didn't. But um, but it could. is comfortable. You don't have to. It doesn't tire you out like a leader bike would normally. Yeah. Because it's more upright and it's got the wide bars and it's got a seat so I can pick up people that crashed. So did you get to teach anybody any cool things on Group C? All the newbies that are looking at you with eager eyes. I hope so. You know, you never really know. <laughs> um, did you have to kick anyone off the track? Did you have to what? Did you have to kick anybody off the track? No, we had we had a good group. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had a really good group of um. In fact, do we have any crashes in C group? I think we had one. No, we had a couple. We had a couple. Really? That's not right. C group crashes but they are so gentle. They weren't that. I mean, truthfully, I think if it had been a different time of the year, because it was just so wet, right. a, a lot of the crashes were just five feet off the edge of the crack of of the track, and I think it was people just either not respecting that the grass was really wet and yeah. trying to make too much of a, a handlebar movement input. Or just grabbing some brakes, not knowing what that was going to do. Because they were just, they were all like four mile an hour, like little burp, <laughs> right into the grass. And you got like a little like mud on them. And just hurt like feelings. Nothing else. Yeah, it wasn't That's too okay. bad. You'll be all right. But, uh. So you did the season closer. The that's, season that's the closer. thing we're getting to. It's, it's a good season way. closer everything. It is. It is kind of like, like you see dealerships doing like season closers. Right. And you know it's that time of the year too because now we're getting into the new bikes and the rumors. We just had AIM Expo. We've got the Tokyo Motor Show coming up pretty soon. Well, and before that, don't we have ICMA? We have ICMA in November. Yep. It gets really confusing because ICMA is every year. AIM Expo is every year. I think Tokyo Motor Show is every year. But there's one of the Tokyo shows is every other year. And then Intermot's every other year. Ah. And that can get confusing. Yep. Um, anyways, yeah, we're, we're knee deep in the new bike season. I just got a press invitation to a press launch in November for something coming out. I can't even talk about it. It's kind oh, of weird. Is it, is it already a little gag order on they, that thing? Well, they specifically said, like, you're not even allowed to speculate about what this this press launch could be. So you we know? can't even say whose it is. I mean, I probably could, but I'll just... Just don't. I'm just going to get myself in trouble. Do you if want I me do. to say it? No, you won't get in trouble. No, right, it's it. like the same. All right. But that'll be interesting. Like, it, I already saw a couple of colleagues throughout in Sardinia riding the new Africa Twin, which I want to talk Ooh. about. Um, the Triumph uh, Street Triple 765 just came out, which we should talk about. But I think people are riding that pretty soon or already are riding it. Uh, I'd have to double check. I don't know if they're so, doing like, it. It's US interesting yet. to see that, that manufacturers are kind of. You know, taking advantage of the season time and getting bikes out before the shows and right. trying to to space it out. I'm trying to get more people to go out this time of year. It's it's. I just did an adventure ride, like we did a five hour ride, and it was. I can't think of better weather than like the 50s and oh, 60s yeah. to just go and goof off on. You know, especially manhandling a 600 pound bike. It might You're not, just not burning up. Yeah, it might not be great sport bike weather. Yeah, but I think it's great adventure riding weather. I think so too. And that's one of the things I really like about the adventure segment. Like you can sit there and talk about like, well, why aren't sport tours a thing anymore? And adventure bikes are taking over that. It's like, well, well, if you live up here, like I think Pacific Northwest is a great example. If you live up here where we actually have seasons, uh, a sport tour, I'm probably only going to ride from April to October. Right. Maybe. Might even be shorter than that. 
I mean, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe it's not icy and snowy and shitty. That's the thing. Like, I'm just sit there. I'm like, well, like how much it's like, how much shitty weather do I want to deal with? Because right. there's like a threshold of like, well, is it raining? Is it really raining? Is it like thunder and lightning raining? Is it hail and snow and ice and black ice? <laughs> You know, like how we should how, give the weather a diamond system. Yeah, exactly. How many? <laughs> how, how far down that rabbit hole? How much? How miserable do you want to be on your motorcycle? Right. Um, but I think with like adventure bikes, it's like, well, you don't mind if it's kind of wet when you're out on the trail because it kind of keeps the dust down and right. it kind of helps with the traction. And I didn't have any dust boogers at all this weekend. Yeah, it was amazing. I think that's a reason. I think that's a great reason why like adventure bikes are better than sport tours. And for time being, the trails are dead quiet. So you end up being like one of only maybe three other people out there, you know, just riding up a forest road and finding a trail to go, you know, see a badass view, which we saw so many. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I feel like put on a couple of layers, throw your fifty uh, fifty tires on, and go go check out what's going on out there. There's a couple of jeeps out there. The, the cars are out like right now because they're also enjoying the lack of dust. Yeah, you can see it's, more. It's the perfect time, and you, you can see too. Like out here, we. The fall really bumps up the uh, the off road dirt biking trail riding. Right, and it fits hand in hand with what the adventure bikes are doing. Uh, I'm all about it. I need to get an adventure bike. So I'm gonna get my dog a a backpack and take him around for rides. No, there's a dog bag just for like no, bicycling. That's such a bad I'm thinking idea. maybe Coda Kitty would enjoy that. Coda Kitty would not enjoy that. <laughs> I know a lot about Coda Kitty. The wind in her fluffy hair. That's not something she would enjoy. The wander of the world buzzing past her Coda, Coda, eyes. Coda Kitty only enjoys two things. Lunch and more lunch. Yeah. That she, she, well, dinner. Don't forget dinner. Well, dinner's really just like second lunch. Oh, all right. Well, she's like Taco Bell. There's got to be a fourth meal somewhere. <laughs> like a fourth meal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, interesting things happening in the industry. There's some busy businessy stuff. There's some bikey stuff, and there's like some rumor stuff. Which one do you want to start with? Oh, tell me a rumor. I'm really bad at gossip, so I like it when I hear it from other people. Okay, well we we can circle back to the 2020 Honda CBR 1000 RR. Ooh, this is this supposedly is gonna debut in just like a couple weeks time. It's supposed to come out the thing. Oh man. We could see this as soon as October twenty third. What? With the at the Tokyo Motor Show. What? What are some? What are some uh, facts slash rumors about it that you know? Um, that they, you can talk about. It, it's interesting because some of the we we know. Okay, let's start. Let's start this a little bit further back. Okay. We know a new Honda CBR one thousand is coming out. We know this. Okay. It's it's been too talked talked about too much. In the racing circles, in World Superbike, and in World Endurance, for it not to come out, and every indication is that this is an all new bike, not like the last brand one new like, motor, brand new like, chassis. Oh, it's it's all new because every part's been slightly changed, but it's really <laughs> just exactly like the old bike. You could bolt the old motor up to it, and all that nonsense. Still in line four, so we know it's an inline four because it's a CBR. Yep, we know that it's going to be all new. And the talk from the racing department or the racing teams is that Honda's goal is to have the most powerful inline four on the grid in World Superbike next season. So, so it's turbocharged. <laughs> that'd be amazing. That'd be a ride. I don't <laughs> think that's legal, but that'd be right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, with the new BMW, is kind of the standard there. So we're, we're going to be looking at 205 horsepower-ish. Okay. 
Which is a little ridiculous. That's, especially for Hondas, they're usually not the most powerful leader. But no, that's really their thing. Like the, it's not about power for them. Yeah, they're it's trying about to make it like a balanced right ability. Right. Uh, so that's an interesting change in direction. And I think it's because they've just gotten their ass handed to them for so long. And they realize like, hey, we kind of need to like come out here and just kind of give them a little what for. Yeah. Honda style. The impression I've gotten uh, through the, the Bothan Spy Network is that Honda is not so happy on the fact that it, they haven't won anything in that space anytime soon. Right. Losing at Suzuka <clears throat> as often as they have has been a big issue for them. Not winning in World Superbike, not even being competitive in World Superbike has been a big issue for them. So I think there is definitely a driving force back in Japan that's saying like, hey, we need to like bring out the hotness. Uh-huh. We need, this is this is a big deal. This is a point of pride. We've let this go on for too long. So we're going to squash it like a bug and just come out here full force. I'm excited to see what Honda's going to over-engineer in this thing. I know, right? So... They'll have electronics, and hopefully they'll actually be good this time. Um, <laughs> well, if, that, the, if the next bike we're going to talk about is an indication, it should be pretty decent. It should be pretty decent. Yeah. The interesting one, there was a patent drawing that went out that showed an active arrow. Uh, Honda too, huh? Set up for, for Hondas. Ooh. And the bike that they used was like a CBR-looking bike. And it was interesting how the they're kind of like these pods, these shrouded pods on the fairing. And they use these uh, these like pulleys on a wire to whip out the aerodynamic fins and bring them back in. What? So it can it can add downforce when it needs, and it can pull it back when it doesn't. So like if you're going hard on the gas, it brings the fins in, right? And there's no drag, and then you get on the brakes, and the fins go out, and it gives you downforce. Oh, it's interesting. A little air brake action. I'll be curious to see if that actually shows up on this new CBR. Or if that's something for later, or if that's just them playing around with ideas and putting them well, on Wasn't patents. there a rumor about uh, Aprilia potentially doing something like that with the yes. upcoming 660? Uh, not a rumor. I mean, they definitely showed an active arrow idea. I don't think it'll be on the 660. Mm. It was on that 660 concept. You're right. right. But I think that concept bike was showing off two different things. I think it was one, them being like, hey, we're coming out with a 660. It's going to be fucking rad. And two, we're working on Active Arrow, and we haven't really told you anything about it. We're not really ready to talking about it. Right. And, like, the concept doesn't even really show it, but we're working on it. I think the Active Arrow is going to show up on the next generation RSV4, which I'm expecting in 2021. 2021 is going to be an interesting year for the Italian brands, I think. This year and next year are going to be huge because everyone's going to be having to change their bikes for Euro 5. Yep. So they might as well come out with new shit. So you're either going to see... Like, like with the Africa Twin, you're going to see like, hey, we added 100 cc's. It's Euro 5 compliant. We massage a couple little things, but basically the same bike. Right. Or you'll see people be like, all right, time to whip out the, the hot newness. Here we go. Like, Excuse like, me like while Honda, I whip this out. Like, Here's an opportunity. Euro 5. We're going to finally build a new super bike. Knock it out of the park. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm excited. I'm excited. I always get excited during ICMA. Uh, Oh my god! Like, what's coming out? What's coming out? Ooh. It's like Christmas I, came early. I will hopefully be at Eichmann this year. Ooh. I'm like ninety percent sure. I'm trying to figure out if I can get someone else to pay for my flight, which would be great. I mean, you know, maybe Eichmann needs a an American. I don't know who goes to Eichmann in person from America anymore. I try to go every Jensen other Dealer. year. 
that's that's always my goal. I don't think I've been the last two years though. So um it's kind of like a it's a double edged sword. It's harder to cover the show in person. There's so much going on. Because there's so much going on. Right. And now that there's so much of it online and they do live streams and there's press kits available to download, uh, in a lot of ways, it's easier to cover it from home, especially if, you, you know, I've got good internet here. Right. Or it's like internet at ICMA, especially at the Fiero. It's so spotty. But then, like, <laughs> you miss the stuff. Like, if it didn't have a live stream and it didn't have a press release, you, did it actually get released? And being there really helps with that, especially with brands like small brands like Bomoda. That would always kind of like screw up their their stuff, or like KTM for some reason like doesn't get any of their uh, materials online in a timely fashion. Ever. I wonder why. I wonder if they want you to be there live to see it. I think some of them do it on purpose. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if KTM was doing it on purpose. And I know um, a couple of the brands would be like very like you need to have a business card to get the press kit. And blah, blah, blah. Like we're very Ooh. we want to reward the people that are here. All right, but um, I think this will be this year and next year will be very interesting to see at the shows what's coming up because uh euro five has really changed a lot and i think like like i think honda is a great example where they they made a public thing and they're like hey we're not really in the sport bike market anymore we're gonna let these things go and they basically sat out the entire euro four cycle hmm. they were just like yep we're gonna stop making r600 we're not gonna try and make it euro four compliant We'll make a Euro 4 compliant 1000, but it's really just going to be the old bike. Just kind of <laughs> try and pretend like it's a new bike. But now that we're like, okay, now we're into another cycle of Euro 5. It's like, here's another opportunity. Like, well, now it's like you have the choice. Do you want to invest in another platform or not? And I think Honda's, you know, rightfully taking the bait. I'm like, okay, fine. We'll invest in this cycle. We'll bring a super bike out. That's all new. And Honda always seems a little more conservative with their new stuff. I don't know. Oh yeah, of all the brands, I think, I think Honda's the most conservative. In fact, like it's not broken. Why do we have to fix it? It's fine. I think Honda is largely responsible for the state of the motorcycle industry. Who? You a, said you said Harley a couple episodes ooh, ago. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, I want to hear right this I, thought process. Right as I said that, I thought of Harley. <laughs> but 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 it, they're, I mean, they're a proper giant in the industry. It, it's largely for the same reasons though, because Honda sets the tone in Japan. Yep. The other Japanese brands take their beat from Honda. Honda's the 800-pound gorilla. Yamaha's like a 600-pound gorilla. <laughs> Cowie's like a 400-pound gorilla. And Suzuki's like a 100-pound gorilla. You know, so it's like, man, they're all four gorillas. But Honda's the big boy. Honda's the big silverback. And they're so conservative. And they're slow, slow to change. And they're so kind of like middle of the road and vanilla about things sometimes like there you can never really count on honda to like do something crazy or weird that like surprises you like the most surprise i've ever been by honda was the grom <laughs> you know we were like oh hey you made a bike that's like three quarters of the size of a normal bike that's weird. i remember when they made the honda rune i was like this is honda why it's and, interesting and, and that's the thing like so they'll do it every now and then they'll do like a rune or right. they'll do a vm4 it's like or, their own little love letter to themselves like look at what we could yeah, do. yeah but the bikes are always flops right so i think they're like oh yeah no that's that's why we don't do that also i mean in business i think when you have something that's middle of the road that everybody can adhere to somehow it probably sells better so i imagine honda has probably got a pretty decent formula how to sell stuff but from an end user you're like eh, boring like it just it just fades into the rest of the crowd. 
I always feel like Honda is a company led by engineers. I feel like they're a motor company and they just figure out different ways they can cram their rad little motors into things. It's like, okay, we got this cool little 125cc motor. What can we stick in? We can put it in a generator. (laughs) We can put it in our Grom. We'll put it in a Super Cub and uh, we'll put it in a jet ski and we'll put it in a a, a lawnmower and a rototiller and then... um, uh, can we put it in a plane? Do you think it can power a plane? How about, How about a helicopter? You know, a blender. Do we need an 80 pound <laughs> horsepower blender? The ultimate Margaritaville blender. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's great. Cause like Honda's brand is like that Honda build quality and that reliability right. and that, and that engineering. But like, it's hard to like think of bikes of theirs that like get you excited that like kind of touch you in the soul. And I think that's always what's been lacking from the Japanese brands and maybe, yeah. I think only Kawasaki is even close to getting that right. They all sort of touch it once in a while. Yeah. Right? Every so often you have an H2R. Every yeah. so often you've got a RC45 that makes you go, oh, right? But what what is it about an RC45, though, that gets people wet? It's not the... I think it's rarity. That's it. It's just exclusivity and rarity. I think it's rarity, and I also think it's like, well, that's a crazy engine. Right? Again, it's like it's a crazy engine. Yeah. I don't think it's... I don't see... Okay, let's let's play devil advocate or let's flip it around. Like, take the nine sixteen. I don't think anyone's sitting there going like, "Oh, the nine sixteen that V twin engine blew the market out of the water." Right. It did. It was. It was it, at the time. It was a big deal. It was a high horsepower engine from not a lot of displacement, and it was racing in superbikes. But the thing that put the nine sixteen into kind of like a a shelf of something else was its design. It was yeah. what Tamborini did. Yep. Um, and I think it's the same way. Well, I was going to say the Britain is the same way. In a but way, I, I mean, it, it was, it was it a is. crazy bike that stood out, right? There are certain motorcycles that you'll always remember. The 916s, the Britons, the the MV Augusta v, uh, F4s, stuff like that will always stick out in your mind because they're unique and special and they made you feel a certain way when you saw them. I don't know the last time I saw a CBR 1000 WR and I went, I can't wait to have one of those. I've ridden a bunch. I think they're amazing motorcycles, but it doesn't make me go, I can't wait to buy one of those. So, yeah. No, I think that's the thing. Like the the product lust, right? Like like you can sit there and be like Honda. That's gonna be a good buy. Yeah, that's gonna be a reliable. You're motorcycle. not gonna be disappointed with that, that bike. Machine. Yeah, that bike is gonna it's gonna do the thing really well. It's gonna do it reliably. You can treat it like trash. It'll show up every day with a smile on its face. Yep. That's a Honda. Yep. But you're never gonna be like sitting in your bed with like cold sweats, being like, oh, I gotta get on that Honda. Just one, <laughs> just one, just, just let me have one more ride. Come and on. And clearly they're capable of doing that. But you know, I think there's a. A couple of big bosses are like, nope, we got we got to do by the numbers here. And I think that's part of what is like holding our industry back. Our industry is so conservative. It's just so like like why are we why are sales dwindling? Why are why is the industry struggling? Why is it like I don't know because you're just so like you're not doing anything interesting, right? You're not you're not trying that hard. No, like we're sitting here talking about like Kawasaki's got another supercharged model coming out, and I think that's rad. I think that's super cool, but like. Why is that cool? Why am I getting so excited? It's like the idea that a forced induction bike might come on the market (laughs) is just so outside the ordinary that like now I find it like a lurid idea. It's the same thing. Like if, if someone came out with another Winkle rotary motor 
bike like Norton had uh, a few years back, about a decade ago. I'd, I'd be willing to we, listen. We get super <laughs> yeah. like, holy fuck, it's a rotary motor. I mean, and it would be polarizing, and that's cool, right? You'd have all these like arguments and discussions about why it's awesome or why it sucks. Which is exactly what we do with electrics right now. And we're sitting there like, there's hybrid cars all over the place. There's Teslas left and right. There's Nissan Leafs in my way on the freeway. Oh, God, always on the left lane. Get out of the way. You know, like they're there, <laughs> but we act like it's such a like, like when is Honda going to come out with an electric bike? I don't know. They may they're going to come out with it. I don't know. But, but it's going to be electric. It's going to be like electric. I know. I can't believe it's going to happen. It might happen one day. I heard KTM's coming out with one. Like it Ugh. fucking hasn't even happened yet. We get like moist about it. We're always 10 years behind. And it's not industry. really like that. Like at the end of the day, it's really not that big of a deal. That's why Alta was such a huge thing where it's like someone's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. We can do that. Yeah. We did it. You guys going to cool. sit on your hands? You going to sit on your hands with your, your thumb up your butt? Okay. We can do that. But to make the point of, you know, numbers, right? Alta did a really cool thing. And where are they now? Meanwhile, Honda's still around. I don't, I don't, I was going to say, I don't think that's an Alta problem, but I mean, ultimately they, all the problems are Alta problems. <laughs> I think Alta failed because starting a business is hard and starting a motorcycle business is super hard. And if I was like an investor that had a billion dollars in capital and someone's like, Hey man, I need one-tenth of your money to make this business that's just brutal and doesn't have good margins and the dealers are crazy and the customers are crazy and you know everyone's just kind of racing to the bottom i'd be like whoa hold on i can do way more of my hundred million than invest in you yeah and i think that's the hard reality that alta had to go up against and that's like it's just tough it is it's just tough it is but good team good product good idea pretty good timing and it just it just didn't work out. Whatever business decisions were made along the way just didn't work out. Like that's just like even when you kind of do everything right, and I'm not gonna say they did everything right, but I got a pretty good idea what went on behind there. They did a lot of things right. And even then it's like, yeah, it's still like 50-50. Yeah, you're still flipping that's a, a coin. business. That's that's startup that life. Like, buyer will even buy you the do thing everything right, like there's still like an element of luck that's in there. I mean, meanwhile, we have another giant who just brought out an electric bike and we're seeing it all over the place that people are questioning, is it doing all right? Well, it's early. I think it's too early. But. I think that is the expectations, managing expectations. Because like, if you look at, I just read there's a report. I think Reuters did a story, and that's what a lot of people are covering. Because um, the live wire is going to start showing up in dealerships this weekish. It's about a month late to get yep. to dealers. And they're like, well, you know, the people that are buying it aren't really... New riders, they're like they're like existing Harley Davidson riders that are just buying one because they'll buy anything that Harley Davidson makes. And so, if the live wire was intended to bring in people outside the Harley Davidson brand, it's failing. If it was designed to bring in millennials who don't have motorcycles yet, then it's failing. And I'm like, well, yeah, like the thirty thousand dollar price point, what millennials right. can buy? Who are, you, who are you appealing to with a thirty thousand dollar price point? And and this idea like well it's not going to sell new like they're not, you know Harley Davidson sells like twenty thousand units of just about every bike they make yeah that's actually about right yeah it's a little high ten to twenty thousand units okay Livewire is going to sell like a thousand to Which two thousand we discussed before that's plenty and and understand that that's going to like double the size of the electric motorcycle market in the u.s so it kind of depends like which way you're looking at it we're like well you're going to double the size of the electric motorcycle market but you're also going to sell about a tenth of what you normally do per model. So is that a failure or is that a success? And I think you kind of have to go into like understanding like, well, the live wire is really just a halo bike. It's just like a stopover. It's just like, Hey, we're going to get into electric motorcycles. This is where we're going to start. 
but we're showing you our whole lineup from you know live wire to like electric bicycle right and we're going to fill in every little niche along the way so just hang on for a minute and i think it just kind of depends like where you are on like how shitty you want to be i don't know like <laughs> i don't think like do i think the live wire is going to save harley davidson no do i think it's a flop I think it depends how you look at it. I don't think anything that doubles the market that it goes into can be considered a flop. Right. But, but if you're comparing numbers to regular Harleys, then that's that's how it looks like a flop. And I kind of think there's a lot of people who are just waiting for it. Like, I don't know if they're hoping or waiting or what it is, but there's a bit of naysaying in the background where it's like, guys, it hasn't even come out yet. I think what it comes down to is it's just a little too late. Like, we've been sitting here telling Harley. Like, I literally started Asphalt and Rubber with a series that talked about like what Harley needed to do to like fix its shit. And that was 10 years ago. And this was 10 years ago. And like, you know, we've been sitting here talking about like appealing to younger riders, right. appealing to other segments. You know, I, I talked about acquiring through or growth through acquisition, um, you know, building a, a house of brands and things like that. And now Harley's just kind of like, Oh, Hey, maybe we, uh, Maybe we should get these 30-year-olds on some motorcycles. I don't right. know. What do you guys, what do you guys think? Should we invest some money in getting people that aren't uh, old white guys on bikes? Does that sound good to you? Maybe girls? Maybe uh maybe Wait, minorities? girls ride motorcycles? Uh maybe guy maybe maybe people that uh aren't 60 years old that haven't retired. I don't know. That that could be an interesting huh. You know, it's like it's like going up the roller coaster. You know, you have that click, 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 click. And like you can see the fucking top. You can see the precipice that drops into oblivion. Right. Like, you know it's coming. Each little ratchet is getting you closer and closer down a to bit it. As you get up. And like, like, how do you not know what's about to happen? It's like you're sitting down the roller coaster and you're like, I bet you this thing doesn't go down. <laughs> I bet we never make it to the top. I bet you, I bet you five bucks this thing just keeps going on. I can see the thing like curvature <laughs> and drop, but I'm pretty sure that's not going to work out for us. It's just gravity's against us but yeah i mean i would i i I think harley i think harley lost the pr game because of it Hmm. you know like like i'm almost i'm almost offended by harley because of it like like i'm 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 exactly the kind of rider that harley wants to grab right i'm I'm, i'll be 37 in a week oof um i ride a lot of motorcycles ride a lot of different things you're, you're uh, looking for a good answer you, from them. You want, you want, you want me to be your customer, but like, you know, for the last ten years, you've been kind of like ignoring me. You've been kind of like saying like I'm not cool you or enough or for They've school. been trying to tell you that you need to ride their street glide. Like, yeah, I, I see a lot of younger dudes riding stuff like that, and it's almost like you can almost tell like they're trying to work really hard on pr- convincing the younger crowd. No, our old school cruisers are cool, man. That's the way to do it. I mean, don't you want a cool hot rod? This is yeah. basically the same. Come buy one of these. You've been you've been like selling French classes and saying like that's the only cool language you can learn when I'm over here like taking my Spanish. Yeah, man. Literally. I don't know. That's like oh, that's a weird. I like it. weird way to describe it's interesting. it. We're gonna work on that analogy better. <laughs> but it, it you've gone out of your way to not pursue me as a customer for so long, and, and in fact, like, and then by doing that, like, not only did you kind of like indirectly offend me, you also like directly, you're like. Some of the ad campaigns are so fucking star spangled <laughs> awesome. And you're just like, that's not my version. Like your version of Americana. Like you, you use like our national identity to stock goods. And right. that offends me. Like that offends my, my version of patriotism. So like, not only like, are you kind of behind the ball because you've just never been really trying, but like, you're not, your lack of trying has also kind of been pushing me away. And now you're trying to build that bridge back. And man, that's going to take a really long time. 
And it's once, a little once you and, hit me, I just think every time you come to pet me, you're gonna hit me again. Yeah, and and you're and you're coming <laughs> back with what a live wire, and like a fucking Cylon looking adventure bike that's gonna weigh like eight hundred fucking pounds. Jesus, I'm I'm a little excited to see that thing. And a street fighter that's gonna... just not gonna be a street fighter. Like it might be a fun bike to ride, but It'll you're be calling... like a street brawler, maybe not a fighter. You know, it, it loses a couple a lot. There's just something about the American brands that just don't understand the non-American brand buying demographic. Like that's that's like my pushback with Indian. That's my pushback with Harley. Um, you just sit there and it's just like I just you guys are almost in your own little world because you just don't understand the yeah. other side of it at all. You, I mean, you can see it. They're they're truly trying to make the consumer bend to their wheel. Will. Like, we're going to keep making the thing that we've been making for 100 years, and you're going to learn to love it, and you're going to buy it, and you're going to realize how cool it is, as opposed to, no, the consumers are buying differently, and they're buying different machines, and we should probably start doing the thing. So I I see what the live wire is doing. I, I get the Halo experience, and I and I and my hope is that enough rich old white dudes will buy them where they'll be able to fund the next project, which maybe will be something that will appeal to the 30-something-year-old that can't afford a $30,000 bike that does 80 miles. I think the purpose of the live wire is to achieve exactly what we're doing right now. We're talking about it yep. and we're talking about Harley Davidson yep. and you and I don't talk about Harley Davidson nope. at all, unless it's about a fucking live yep. wire. And so from that perspective, I think it's like mission accomplished. Like I, I would, maybe I'll even write this story. I might rebook that, that router story. Cause like, is it a flop? Only if you're an, you're an idiot. I think if you look at the big picture, if you look at what that bike's really doing, what that bike's intended to do, and if you look at the whole board, I think that bike's doing really well. I don't think it's the best bike ever made. It's it's good. I give that bike a B. I don't know what it is on the Jensen scale. I was wondering what score it got. The, the Jensen scale? Given, Jensen I don't know, because there's not that many bikes in that category. It's really hard. That's true. There really How many electric kind of standards are there? SRF? Zero? Yeah. That's the thing though, like the SRF is kind of a different bike. The SRF is a little bit more cheaper sporty. But the SRF has got some fucked up shit too, though. Like Zero is a brand, like does so many Zero, I think, has poisoned the well extensively for the electrics. Ooh. And I don't think the electric side of the market is going to recover until you get like the Hondas and the KTMs and the Harleys in that space because Zero has been making ridiculous claims about range and battery capacity and power and usability. Like, like their bikes overheat all the damn time. <laughs> just from like, you, like you just, I remember I was on a Zero S and you could not crew. This is, this is a while ago. I'll give them, I'll give them all fairness. They're on a whole nother motor platform from what this was from. This was 2000 and. 13 2012 around there okay so it's been a while so it's been a while like fair play full disclosure but i remember back then you could not cruise 70 miles an hour on the freeway for more than a couple minutes because the motor would overheat wow and that's just basic california commuting like you just it just wasn't capable of doing that and you're like well that's not a great experience and then it'll be like, oh, it's a 15 kilowatt hour pack. And you're like, yeah, but it's an 11 kilowatt hour nominal pack. Like, I can only <laughs> use 11 kilowatts, uh, kilowatt hours, I should say. Right. But you're using like the theoretical capacity. They'd be like, oh, it gets 200 miles of range. You're like, no, it doesn't. 
it gets 200 miles in range if you go 10 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> it's like no one goes that slow. Like it was just like they would just muddy the waters with this overreaching statements that like they just couldn't back up in real life. And now I just sit there and it's like, I don't trust anything you fuckers say. <laughs> I don't trust you to make a money. I don't want to buy one of your motorcycles because I just, I'm just ready for the disappointment. All right. I guess Zero's going to have to give you an SRF for a week and see what it does. Yeah. Well, the last time they gave me a bike, we ended up having a, a recall. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, like, <laughs> when they called me, like, uh, I don't know, it's a whole thing. It was a whole thing. We got like this huge argument. They're like, oh, we think you're, uh, you don't know how to ride a motorcycle. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> you don't know six how to ride Six our months bike. later, it's like a huge recall because they got like a controller. So issue. once again, it's a manufacturer building something and saying you got to bend to their will about it. Yeah. Like, God dang it, get your ego out of this thing and figure out what's going on in the real world. Well, they just had bad PR people, to be honest. Still there? No, no. Oh, like, good. They've gone through like four <laughs> regime changes. This is what I love about Zero. This is what I love. Like, like God bless them. Because they, they've they literally cleared out so many revisions of their management and like their, their middle management. Like, I, I literally think they're on like their fourth wave of it. And each time they clear them out, I get like another phone call. Hey, Jensen, we got to get you on a Zero. I'm like, hmm, okay, let's see where this goes. Let's try this out. Because like, you're just going to be not employed there in like a year or two. And we're going to do this all over again. Is it one of those cases you don't even bother remembering their name until at least a year has gone by? Oh, don't even. Hey, Bob. Uh, it's Tom. Cool, Bob. There's an, a, there's an <laughs> apparel manufacturer that doesn't give people their own email. It, it won't be like Shaheen at apparelmanufacturer.com. Oh, it's geez. like. Number 11. It's like PR guy at brand.com. <laughs> That's smart, though. <laughs> and they just and it's the same. It's the cell phone and the email address is just passed along to the the next person. And so you don't actually, it's kind of like nice because they go through people so often. Oh God. It's not nice that they do that. At least I can always make sure that I like, Hey, I got a question. I can just email the PR at brand.com and I know we get a response (laughs) or I can call the same number and be like, Hey, it's Jensen from asphalt and rubber. What the heck is this doing? And I know like I'm going to the right person, but it also kind of signals like, so you guys go through, through people pretty often huh yeah the turnover there's pretty <laughs> high okay cool it sounds like your company's doing like once someone's been there for a year and a half and they're a senior yeah that's the thing like they're talking like oh you've been here a year wow oh, you made it wow <laughs> i can't believe we didn't i i on the betting pool i had you at three months good job high five to you um yeah we're, we're so that i guess finishes our honor conversation <laughs> <laughs> does it though do we do you want to talk about the africa I twin do you want to talk about the africa the twin? africa twin I really like what they did with the Africa Twin. I do too. I was super not into the first generation one, but this one's really, really cool looking back. The first generation one's great. It was just, it it didn't have enough power to be a good street bike, but it was a great, it was a great off-road bike. If you were like a true, I want to go on the trails and do the thing off-road and be rad off-road and go across the country off-road and off-road, off-road. Off-road, off-road, off-road. That was, I think that was the bike to have. The off-road twin. But the second you got it on the street, like 100 horsepower on no. a 550-pound bike, thing. whatever it is. It's not a lightweight bike. That's just not fun. Oh, God. That's just not fun. But um, and, but the price was right. Yep. The price was super right. Super right. And that's the only thing I don't like about the... Okay, so to back it up a little bit, Honda's come out with a new Euro 5 version. Instead of a 1,000, it's now an 1,100. It's like a 1087 or something like that. What is it? We'll call it 1100. Uh, they added 86 cc's, so whatever that was. It's a little bit more power. It's got 100 horsepower now, up from the like 95 or whatever. Like a true 100? It's like a true 100. 
Um, it's your five compliant, but they also added a lot more features to it. And I think that's what really gets me excited where it's like, yeah. Oh, TFT display. Okay. Cornering lights. Like you look at that segment you see what the Europeans are doing. And like the Honda Africa twin was kind of bland in comparison. It was like the budget option. I mean, it was, it really was, but now it's a true competitor in that scene Yeah, where you can still, I mean, the fully loaded one, if you wanted the DCT, you're looking at 18 grand basically. Which isn't crazy it's not. in the venture space. No, that's like the beginning price point for a lot of its European counterparts. Yeah. You're just starting there if you're looking at a European bike. Like a, to... like a, okay, a Ducati Multistrada 950 that's not even closely as capable off-road as Africa Twin start. If you get a 950S model, you're at 18 grand. You're not even going into the big bore 1200 yet. Does it have the same features? The Ducati? Yeah. Uh, the S model's probably got a little bit more. It's got the electronic suspension and it's got, but it's got all the other TFT screen and cornering lights and mm -hmm. quick shift and all that stuff on mm -hmm. there. So, you know, yeah, you're getting a lot more. Well, not a lot more anymore. That's the thing with the Africa Twin with this new version. I think now it's a proper. Yeah, compare. but I would 100% take the Africa Twin off road and I don't think I really would with Multistrada 950. I wouldn't. I, 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 I would like take, that. I would take Africa over it. Absolutely. I'm not a big 950 fan. You know, I'm, I am because I've ridden a bunch and like doing the stuff that I do with the sort of like camping adventure riding stuff, I think it would be a great little bike. I just can't get excited about it. Well, yeah, it's a 950. It's not a 1200. Yeah, I think that's my thing because it weighs the same. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, eh. I don't know. It's five grand cheaper. It's, there's that. <laughs> but it's still 18 grand. Yeah, it is. But in the European, uh, you know, adventure bike world, that's a good buy. I don't know. I I think that's why I was excited about the 790R Adventure because price point's way lower. Price point's way lower. That's the thing, Like, right? I think feature for price, this Africa Twin and the 790R are close. Power-wise, they're pretty damn close to each other, too. Not weight-wise, though. Yeah, that's the thing. The that's 790 the eats this one alive. Yeah. I think I think the set, like, if you're really, a, this is the hard part right now. This, this, this segment is so fiercely competitive that it's amazing to me. Like, that middleweight-ish and I'm really using that more on a power metric, not like a physical weight metric. Right. But that 100 horsepower-ish range is so fierce. You've got the Africa Twin. You've got the 790 from KTM. Mm -hmm. You've got the 850 from BMW. BMW. You've got the 950 from Ducati. Okay, the 800 from Triumph. 800 from Triumph. Although that, well, I guess they do have a variant that's fairly off-roady. Um I mean, everyone's kind of got like a bike in this space that kind of can make a reasonable argument for why you should have it. And yep. it just really comes down to like, well, how off-roady are you? Are you going to do like a Dakar rally? <laughs> All right. You're probably going to want the KTM. Are you going to do slightly crazy shit, but not necessarily a Dakar rally? Okay. And then you got like your, your Honda Africa twin. I'm like, well, even then after that, it's like, do you get the other Ducati? Like, well, do you just want like the look? Right. Okay. Well, we got a, you know, a V-Strom for you. Um, you know, like there's like this whole, there's like this whole range of like, how much money do you want to spend? How many features do you want to have? And how gnarly do you want to get off road? And how good do you want to be on the street? Yeah. And there's a little bit of, everyone's got a little bit of a fighting chance. It's interesting to me. It's, I love it. I love that there's options across the board on this now. This is a pretty quickly growing segment. It's been for a while now. Fuck BMW has been in this segment since 1983, I think. Yeah. So everybody else is like catching up 30 something years later. Like, oh, this is, oh. 
those adventure bikes are going to be selling quite well. Get, and what's cool now, though, is you're able to buy a 150 horsepower adventure bike that will actually rail on the streets, and then you'll be able to go off-roading and have a good time on there. So it's kind of a neat uh, spot where the 40-something, 50-something-year-olds are able to get on comfortably and ride it around to their favorite Starbucks, but they can farkle it out and maybe go on the gravel road one day. But you know who doesn't have a bike in the space yet? You. Well, yeah, I mean, me, obviously. <laughs> I was going to say Yamaha. Like, yeah, they're they're, they're yeah, so close. They're so close. I'm, I've been watching so videos close. of like people in Australia and like different parts of the world riding these these Tenere's. 2021, get out of here. Come on. Oh, my God. What are you doing? They're just waiting for another brand to have a bike out there. Oh, man, they're just slowly imploding, which is scary to me because Yamaha, I'd have to go back and actually look at the numbers, but Yamaha is like the second largest Japanese brand. Like they're they're the they were my four hundred pound gorilla or no they're my six hundred pound gorilla in that, pound, yeah. in that analogy, and like there's moments where I'm like I really don't know if Yamaha's gonna be in business in America for much longer, <laughs> and I don't know how Suzuki's still in business in America and Kawasaki keeps making cool shit. I don't know if people are buying it or not, but yeah, I guess uh, you sell enough of other products that your motorcycle business can still stick around. I mean the funny thing is, so Kawasaki Heavy Industries one of the things they make is the crankshafts to like cruise ships. <laughs> and I bet, I don't know this for a fact, but I would bet good. I bet you a Mountain Dew <laughs> that their crankshaft boat business is bigger than their entire global motorcycle business. Probably you're right. Know? And that kind of puts it all in perspective. Like it's a rounding error to them. Yeah. And, and it kind of is to Honda too, but less so like, uh, it's just funny. It's just funny sometimes. But I'm excited about the Sacrifice Twin. I want to go rip around on it. Um, Are they going to do some kind of a, a PR thing where you get to go uh, and rip around somewhere in Africa? There is a press launch in Sardinia going on right now. So, guess not going to that one. By the way, according to Asphalt and Rubber, you can start out on an Africa Twin for fourteen $14.39. I'm gonna I'm gonna go put money on one okay. right now. <laughs> oh, really? Look at that. <laughs> That's a good price, Jensen. I like it. It's well, it's the European because they use the common instead of the uh, green. Huh? What the fuck happened there? I gotta fix that right now. Um, yeah, I would say this this bike gets me excited about the Africa Twin again. Not that I wasn't excited about it before. I always have held the Africa Twin in pretty high regard. Right. I put it on my short list of adventure bikes to buy. Yeah, there's always another bike I'd rather have instead of it, though. Right. That's but my problem. I, but I think this is officially a spot where this, I would consider it really, really strongly. I don't know if it pushes it to the top for me, Shaheen, because I, I, I'm still, I still have that like, well, if I'm going to go do the NAR, I'm going to get on that KTM. Right. And I'm like, and if I'm not going to do the NAR, I think I'm still going to get on a KTM. Yeah. But I mean, think of that daydream, get, that, that crazy daydream that you can ride this thing through Patagonia. And if it breaks down, it's still a Honda. You can get parts for it real easy. Well, there's that. Uh-huh. There's so that. Keep the dream alive. But Plus, that, I had that 1290. That KTM 1290 yeah, in my you garage? you were in love with that bike. And the S that model, bike, too. That bike was rad. Like, if I could only have one motorcycle, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Because it's just like a big supermoto. Yeah. That that segment's got a lot of fun stuff on there. Dude, I can't tell you how excited I am about the 6.5-inch TFT touchscreen. Yes. And you can have Apple CarPlay, and I hope also Android. Um, I imagine it's the same system coming from the Goldwing, so it's just... CarPlay. Boo. But I like the idea of not having the phone up on the display anymore. You can just push, which is pretty great. Yeah, that's not bad. 
It's not bad. I mean, I've been the cars have been doing it forever. You can buy a Kia with that thing on. That's the thing. The Honda Goldwing was the first motorcycle to have Apple CarPlay. My understanding is it's so difficult to work with Apple Mm. when you're a motorcycle manufacturer because the volume is so small. Right. They just don't care. You would think Honda would be like, we're Honda. We're buying them for our Civics. I think that's the only reason they could get it for the Goldwing and for the Africa Twin. Two models, I might add, that are huge sellers for Honda. And then Honda goes like, hey, you know how many Accords we sell every year? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. See, I fully expect Ducati to be the next one to do this because... Because of Audi? Yeah, Audi, Volkswagen, Lamborghini, they all have this shit on them. That's a good point. You know how many Volkswagen Golfs we sell? BMW? (laughs) Yeah, BMW. Is BMW... But... Here's the question. Is CarPlay available on BMWs? Motorcycles or car? Cars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just talking to my buddy who's got a two-year-old uh, 340 and it's got it on it. Is CarPlay available on like an Audi or a VW? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's becoming a thing across the board. You can buy a Kia. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. You're it's right. finally being a thing. Where well, because like, like some brands are weird because like Ford has like its own little thing with Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. And that's like a whole thing. Yeah, I forgot what it's called, but I think even they're probably going to start Sinker. looking at it like this is just easier. Like, there's everybody has a smartphone in their pocket now, and everything <laughs> you need is there. So why not just have it where you have an interface that just pushes it into it without you having to spend all this money on it? I forget where I saw it. It was it was one of the car publications, and it was like, "Dear auto manufacturers, <laughs> all we want in a car stereo is this," and it's like a mini stereo jack. A, <laughs> and now, so like, now, in. now the version of that's just like I just want a USB port. Yep. Or, or I just want a Bluetooth. I don't even want the USB. Yeah, I, want I want a Bluetooth. That. Just make antenna. it clean. I just want a screen, a large touch screen, and everything comes from my phone to it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to put an SD card with my music right. on it. Because this technology is constantly updating, and all you need to do is just have a thing that'll push it in just there. connect to it. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. You look at a 10 year old car and you look at their dash, you're like, oh, Jesus, look at this garbage. Meanwhile, meanwhile, go back to the motorcycle industry with, like, what was it? What bike was I just. Uh. I think it was the Triumph, actually. Oh, boy. And they're talking about, like, the the phone integration. Not like, we've got our own platform. You're like, what are you Why? Doing? Why? Why? What are the worst parts? KTM's doing the same thing. You have yes. to get KTM-specific. That's, that's so, what I was about like, to say. Oh, guys, you were it, so close. It's an $8 app. First of all, fuck you if you're $8 app. Yep. Like, I know it's like $8. <laughs> I just bought a $20,000 bike, and I'm going to sit here and cry about the $8 app. Oh, it's the principle. But it's the principle. And the app is fucking horrible garbage and it doesn't connect to the bike nope. and it doesn't connect to your phone nope. and it doesn't work at all and then when you finally get it work it fucking sucks and they're always having to update it because it's people call in and just yell about ever. it oh it's worse i i'm still waiting for my eight dollars back from ktm north america chris fillmore you owe me eight dollars <laughs> everyone that i know that has a ktm still puts their phones up yeah. on the mouth because they rather it's, look at it than it's ktms horrible and it's the same thing with the gold wing i now to be fair i still have to, to upgrade fair, I took a file. I say that a lot, don't I? You do. It's my favorite it's thing. Really, a thing I say. To be fair, I have to update the key, the the Goldwing's navigation. There's a there's like a firmware upgrade. Okay. And I just haven't gotten to it yet. So maybe it's been fixed. Ooh. But the current navigation that is shipped with from the factory, garbage. It's so fucking bad. And the one time, the one time, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go on a trip. I'm gonna plug in the navigation. I'm gonna follower this navigation it was going out to the beach to manzanita oh no understand like the directions from my house to the coast are like get out of your neighborhood Pretty straightforward get on 26 stay on 26 just, just keep going 26 ends at the coast <laughs> and it took me what it was doing it was it was every exit on 26 it would take me off 
And then I would go down a frontage road for a mile and then I get back on 26 and then I go for another mile and I would get off. It literally had me getting on and off at every exit. And I'm sitting there going like, this is the stupidest thing. Like I had to stop. I was like, this is dumb. I can't do this anymore. This is the stupidest route. This is the stupidest thing. You're the worst navigation system I've ever seen in my entire life. It doesn't make any sense. And all I want, Shaheen, is this. I just want my fucking cell phone on the dash with my with the app that i want i don't want to use google maps because i like ways and that's the thing right and like why just, just, my just, shit just, right just, now. just be a car or motorcycle manufacturer stop dealing with the software part there's other people who are investing billions of dollars <laughs> to perfect the shit just just buy into it oh uh, uh, i talked to a, a major motorcycle brand that i've had an issue with lately that you can probably guess and we were talking once and I was like, well, you know, it's got to be hard because like your core business is to make motorcycles. And right now the industry is being so, you know, IT specific and right. it's just not a core competency for, you know, a motorcycle brand. Like core competency up until the last 10 years for a motorcycle brand was making a internal combustion four stroke engine. And there's like some niches where it's like two strokes and whatever, but mostly but make, the core of it. How do you make, can you make a good four stroke engine? Right. Can you make how it reliable? Make it more efficient. Can it right. make power? Like that's kind of like your, your killer app. And that's like what keeps other come like, like Jensen Beeler motorcycle company. I got to learn how to build a really good engine and make it reliable. And that, that takes a bit of knowledge. Yep. So I'm not going to do that. But like in terms of like making an app and making an interface and touch screen and internet of things and all this stuff, just not what you're good at. No. And the dude, man, the CEO looks at me and I was like, well, actually, we have a, uh, a whole operation on the West Coast dedicated to that. And I said, money for like, wasting money there. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, then why is your shit so fucking bad? <laughs> why is your shit so fucking bad? Like, you, 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 you shouldn't have told me that because now you're telling me like you actually have no, resources and people and like you're dedicated <laughs> to this. Like you're, you're actually trying. You're actually trying and you're horrible at it. Just keep making motorcycles. Outsource it to someone else. Like Bosch will do this for you. Continental will do this for you. Johnson Controls would probably do it for you. <laughs> There's so many companies that do this so much better than what you're doing. You're like, you're like, you're not even the Diet Coke of this industry. You're the RC fucking cola that uh, disappoints me every time when it shows up. Oh, uh, you're the Mr. Pib. <laughs> Mr. Pib's not too bad. I'm not gonna hate on Mr. Pib, but I mean, I me. like the guy with the. With I the hate restaurants degree. here in Portland with their RC cola nonsense. <laughs> what was doing the other night? I had a great seafood dinner these mussels and like a tomato broth that was amazing and it's just there's my diet rc cola just waiting to suck they wanted you order some kombucha you did it wrong God, i just hate it like i i need someone in the food services industry to explain to me why a restaurant would pick rc cola over like a coca-cola <laughs> or pepsi product distributor like there's got to be a price it's got to be a margin uh, thing because be, you're still charging me three dollars for a fucking coke so it must just be like, oh, well, I can get, <laughs> I can make two ninety five on that instead of two ninety four. So, I, I, I know it's not cheap to run a restaurant, so I can imagine they got a nickel and dime that should. But I mean, just stop making apps on your motorcycles, please, right now. I want a platform. Just make it an open platform. That's it. We've been saying that about it's cars so and motorcycles easy. forever now. So easy. All I want is this. All I want is this. <laughs> I just want a Bluetooth connection. I just want a USB port. Yep. Let my phone power it. That's all I want. I love wow, our rants. I got really fired up about that. I'm like, I'm kind of surprised. I might have to go for a walk. <sighs> um, are we done with the Africa Twin? <laughs> I mean, I think it's cool. I'm excited for it. <laughs> We've only gotten through like two Hondas. We're good. Mm. What do you think about this new Triumph Street Triple? 
do you want me to be honest? I'm not that excited about it. How do you feel about it's Gilbert Godfrey eyebrows? It is very angry looking. <laughs> it's very it's angry. It's like super it's like uh it, I'm thinking of 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 the the bad guy in Aladdin just staring at you and like the genie? The, no, no, the genie's the good guy. The genie's kind of not the good guy. I mean, though. he's a troublemaker, the but genie's the genie's kind of a dick. The, the the I want to call him Uncle Jafar. Star. Jafar. He reminds me of Jafar, just fucking mad dogging me. Oh my God, I gotta look up Jafar. <laughs> Someone that never really watched Aladdin. Prince Ali Abubu. Prince Ali, everything's free, Ali Ababa. <laughs> everything's free, Ali Ababa. Jafar doesn't really have eyebrows. No, but he just, he's got an angry face. But dude, you know what? That's kind dude, of a motorcycle He's got thing. some microblading eyebrows. These things are just like Chola style. Hey, man, that's the Middle Easterner. They probably had it threaded. No, see, the genie has way bigger eyebrows than, than Jafar. Look at that. Yeah, but the genie's happier looking. This thing's not. This is like pissed You off. remind me of the genie. You guys have kind of the fair. same face. I do. Especially right now and with my beard in the bun. And you always got that smile. You got the weird, you got, you got the beard in the bun. You got the beard in the bun. All you need to do, because you got like the shaved head, you got to do the little tail, the a, little rat tail. Well, you know the things you can get for your helmets? Like it looks like you have pigtails in your helmet with a suction no, cup? No, I don't. You've never seen somebody riding around with a stupid pigtail sticking like out of their that. helmets? I guess you never I've lived in the, Florida. I've seen, I swear to God, I've been to a press launch where one of the guys had like little bear ears on his helmet. Oh, the, or the, little cat the ears or something. looking things. But they're, no, they were like floppy. They were, he was like trying to be cute about it. I was like, are you serious with this? What uh? What publication are you from? I just want to make sure I never read it. I think he was French. <laughs> He's one of those French guys. So, anyways, I, I don't know. I I haven't seen anything insanely exciting about this bike. Now, I will say this: everyone that I know that's ridden a the midsize street triple loves it. It's it's a Good bike. it's an awesome bike. Yeah. It's super fun to ride. It's easy to get in trouble with. Good middleweight. I think middleweight street fighter. It's up there. I'm yeah, I think I'm, I got a whole. I got to think about which other bikes would be. Well, I mean, you're a big fan of the the Duke 790. I think the Duke 790 is the best bike on the market. Yeah, that's what you said. Because of the price. What's the price? Oh, they haven't announced price on this. Well, what was the last one? What was its? Uh, that's, that's a good point. I'm just previous now going bike. to look because they still have the 2019 models on there. Because they probably do an R model and you know with Olins and Olins Street Triple. What I love is how botched this launch was for Triumph. And they just keep doing it. They keep botching these launches. Like, no information came out. I still haven't gotten a press release from from anyone. Like it's just So the old street triple was twelve five. So if everything That's for that's for the RS. That's the top of the line. It starts at sub ten, which is great. Really? Wow. Nine well, thousand right there with the seven ninety then, price wise. Uh, by the time you match features, ah. uh, you're getting you're gonna be the the, the 790 is really gonna be more like the trip the street triple RS. So got it. It does have a fun engine whistly noise. I like the triple sound a lot. Triple rad motor. It's a rad little motor. This when I did my uh, big ride this last weekend, David is on on was on his uh, Tiger 800 with a triple motor. It just it's got a nice sound. Seven nineties ten is two thousand dollars cheaper though. Dang. Now, well, but this wait. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, mon petit papillon. <laughs> the KTM comes with not great suspension, right, and not great brakes. Not great, really, not great brakes. Right. Whereas this does. Whereas the, yeah. The this is like triple this comes with with show a big piston forks, which I love. BPF. 
And Owen Olin's rear shock TTX, which is great. And it comes with Brembo M50 calipers and a Brembo MCS master cylinder. So you're sitting there going like, ah, it's pretty nice. Yep, that extra and two grand is getting you something. That's actually like more than $2,000 worth of value. Right. This isn't like two grand more the way of, of fit pillin is. This guy shit is giving it. Ah, this, this, bike, this bike should be up there. That bike's pretty good. See? I started out saying I'm not excited. Good. Now I'm loving up on the bike. I'm kind of warming up on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit more power. All right, Tramp. It's, it's, got, it's got 121 horsepower. Is that right? Yeah. And it's, What's I mean, those are, those are like fun horses. 105. I'm, I'm already there. More this is like a more grown up version of that KTM, like ever so slightly. It's like, hey, did you want a bike that's ready to go? Right. Do you want the bike that's like rad and ready to go? Right. Okay, we got your bike for it. Like, you got to do fuck all to it. It's got the yeah. weird, you, like, you can go bar get that KTM. You can get that KTM. You can spend, like, you know, you can go do, you can spend your time and all your, yeah, 103 horsepower. It's like, it's like a 20 horsepower difference. Yeah. Probably, I imagine the KTM is a bit lighter than this. It's a pretty small bike, that KTM. It's teeny tiny. Uh, actually, I think they both list their weights in dry. So dun, this might dun, actually be dun. an easy one to compare. Oh, God. Why is KTM's website so fucking bad? <laughs> I've always loved that uh, Triumph puts their uh, turn signals on these street and speed triples like out on the shrouding of the, the um, radiator as opposed to being like up front by the lights. What's the dry weight on the on the street triple? It's like three sixty seven, something like that. Are you on the story? I am on the story. You don't no, have any weight. Scroll down. It's near, it's near the end. I just wrote it. Oh yeah, three sixty six. KTM is three seventy three. Shut the what? Yes. Shut the front door. Shut that front door. I think we might have a new winner. So if the Ooh, KTM, you just dethroned the KTM. The KTM. Well, I mean, I haven't. Ridden you gotta it. ride it. Yeah, gotta ride yeah. it. To be fair. But just do a fuck. Oh my God. You gotta be like so fair with that. Oh my God. <laughs> Plus, this has got eyebrows. It just stares just down the competition it. all day. Like, Ob- warning objects in the mirror might be angry at you. Do you wanna ride a bike that looks like an angry ant? Or you wanna ri- ride a bike that looks like my angry aunt Sally? Oh. I mean, your angry aunt Sally might be fun when she has a couple of bottles of wines in her. So. No, no, no. No? Downhill. 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 Huh? Some oh, people think dang. that's fun. Crazy Sally. <laughs> um, I mean, just looking at the spec sheet. Was the song Mustang Sally written about your aunt? I, I can't remember actually what Mustang Sally's about. Your aunt? Might have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think this bike is closer. That was written about. That was written about Aunt Sally. <laughs> Oh, that's just, that's I need a drink. That's I need a real rock reference right for you, though, <laughs> of those of you out there listening. Um, I mean, just look at the spec sheet. I think that's a very strong, that's a very strong offering. Uh, I, I think, I think the KTM for me still is kind of the bike because that price point is so strong. And you're like, yeah, okay. I think dollars per what you get. Right. The Cape, the Triumph still kind of it makes a really good argument. Like if you were sitting there going, like, hey, I'm looking up both these bikes. Well, it's the thing with the KTM, I can live with the suspension. It doesn't really bother me that much, especially for a street bike. It just yep. doesn't bother me that much. Do I really need an Olin's rear shock for the street? No, I really don't. Do I really need show a big piston forks? Like, eh, probably not. Probably not. The brakes, absolutely. The brakes on the KTM are horrible. Those, like, if I had, like, if if the KTM ferry showed up and dropped on my garage, like, that's, like, the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to go... Right put my m50 caliper on there and get it going but if ktm did that right out of the box it's probably just 
upcharge you 600 bucks and call it a bike. Yeah. Probably right. Man, that would be a I'd be, I'd be interested in, I really want to do this one day and sit down and understand the, the cost, the manufacturers and like the price point kind of game that they have to play right. versus like features versus price and like the product planning side of it. I think that's fascinating to me um, because I have no life and I'm a big nerd, but um, I like the, the $10,000, 10, 10,005 for the KTM really is strong. Whereas like 12,000, like there's a lot of bikes in that 12,000. I think the street triple makes a really good argument about that. That would be an interesting article that I would like to see, like that middleweight standard street bike. You know, the Monster A21, the KTM, and the A21 is so outdated at this point. I mean, they've like done a couple of electronic updates on a year it, or so ago, it but. Sounds like the electronics on the KTM are more sophisticated than the Triumph. Really? That's what was interesting. It didn't sound like actually that uh, Triumph was using an IMU. Wow. So that I think could be interesting. But again, like Triumph kind of botched this launch. Like they didn't really give good information. Like the information that's out there is really minimal. What's the what's the actual release date on this bike? Do we know? I think they're literally in Spain right now riding it. Oh wow. That's why I say like it's kind of like a botch launch. Yeah, and, like, and they've been doing this a lot lately where it's just like, hey, a bike came out. We're not really gonna tell you anything about it because it's not really gonna be out for like another six months. And then we'll tell you then, but we'll forget. Yeah, and you'll forget because something else comes. Yeah, along. I don't like. I got the attention span of a gnat. Mm-hmm. Come on. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that we do some kind of a, a comparable in the in that middleweight. There's a lot of the good middleweight bikes in that segments space. getting pretty interesting all across the all world. on on ADV on yep. street. Yeah, it's all. I think they realize not everyone wants a leader bike. Leader bikes are a lot of bikes. It's a lot of bike to Thomas Laurent. Right. I don't know. I don't think like my next track bike will be a leader bike. I mean, your current six- track bike is. You're, I think, I think there's a certain, and we've talked about this a lot, but there's something so fun about riding a slower, moderate bike fast. Fast, yes. Right. That just gives you, like, even on the streets, you know, if you ride something like the 790, I mean, you can get in plenty of trouble on that bike, but there's a lot less happening when you twist that throttle hard than a leader bike would. Like your, when I when I had your uh, Street Fighter for a couple of weeks, it's, I was like, I'm gonna go to jail on this fucking bike. It just wants you to be an asshole. Yeah. And I love it for that. But mm-hmm. I imagine if I had that same bike with a 100 horsepower motor versus a 150 horsepower motor, just, you know, I can still have that fun. I can still twist that throttle and can still act like an idiot. But it's like, all right, I'm within a realm of reason now. I broke more laws on a hyper motard than on my Street Fighter. <laughs> that, that's a whole different. But that's the thing. Or it's like it's like an 800cc motor versus an 1100cc motor. Right. Just is. I don't know. I think certain bikes just bring out the best in us. That's the thing. That's that's <laughs> the true measure of a motorcycle for me is is you go and you ride it and how quickly do you want to go ride it again? Like yep. how what's its siren song from the garage, Shaheen? Yeah. Oh, you're that's dead right. <laughs> and that was like the thing like with the Indian, right? Like I had no desire. Like, oh god, my god, I gotta ride that bike again. Like, oh, it's got the throttle so messed up. Oh my god, it does all the things so poorly. I wish it was better. <laughs> and there's other bikes we could tell. I'm like, like surprisingly, the Goldwing's like that sometimes. I'm like, like, man, that Goldwing's actually that's a lot of fun. Goldwing's an aha bike where you're riding, yeah. you're like, motherfucker, I get it. I totally yeah. get it. I would never expect that. But you're like, no, oh, it snuck up on me. <laughs> all right, all right, you, you, okay, you, you win this round, Fonda. <laughs> Chapeau. <laughs> KTM was like that too. I did not want to get that bike. No, oh, you love that that 1290s. 1290s. Oh my god, 
so much fun. Wheelie? 790 sure. was so much fun. Yeah. I like the 1290 more than the 790, though. Well, I mean, 160 horses, bro. Just everything. Like, it just, <laughs> it just did everything better. Like, it had luggage. You could go long distance. It had great brakes. It had great You could suspension. ride past the cop sitting straight up looking like a gentleman. Like, you're never, ever going to cause any trouble. Oh, my God. And then do a wheelie as soon as you make a right hand I ripped the biggest wheelie of my life down my cloth. I wasn't even trying. I was just like, ah, power wheelie forever. This is not an adult bike. I think I'm in fourth gear. What is wrong? <laughs> it's great. It's just great. Uh, just see, great. Some bikes just make it where it makes it too easy. I'll be curious to see the Street Triple R because that's like another thousand bucks cheaper, and the Street Triple S, which is sub ten, if they can keep those price points, I'll be curious to see where they come down feature wise and yep. how that lines up with the seven ninety. That could be interesting. That could be really interesting. Super interesting. Uh, TBD. So if KTM built or released a like. Well, R model. That's the thing. I expect them to release an R model right. later this this next month. I keep expecting Ducati to do that with the A21. It's been around for so long. I'm expecting a redesign at this point, but like something that has adjustable suspension and like quick shift, which you can actually get on the A21 now. So like they're they're getting there, but it's so funny how some manufacturers are so slow to move on certain bikes. Like we were talking about Honda being so conservative, but Ducati hasn't really changed the monster since it was uh, water cooled. That was the you know big thing they did, and then it kind of stayed the same old, same old. So I'm wondering if Eichmann is going to have something because I keep seeing like little. I thought I saw a thing where Ducati was teasing people about what looked like a new monster. Oh, there was a monster 1200 black. Oh, and that's the thing. like I just don't know if Ducati knows what it's doing with the monsters right now. I think they're wondering should we keep it around? It's been around for so long, but it's been the bread and butter. They'll of keep that. the monster around. It sells too well. Yeah, but like. I think with the Street Fighter, I think the Street Fighter V4 will help differentiate things a little bit because that was a little tough when you have the V-Twin Street Fighter and the Monster. And like the Monster R is trying to be a Street Fighter, but it's not. It's not, yeah. But you're like, but it's 160 horsepower and that's nothing to sneeze at. And you're like, yeah, but it's still a monster. Still kind of a soft monster. It's still, yeah. yeah, it's still kind of soft. It's still like bringing a butter knife to like a... A sharpened butter knife, but still a butter knife. It's like a, yeah, it's like a prison butter knife. <laughs> Made out of a plastic spoon. Yeah, it's got some some kind of disease on it. Probably somebody got a tattoo with it at one point. Hepatitis. Just a little little hep, a little hep C, a little hepin of hep. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Well, speaking of speaking of uh, Street Fighter V4, there's a there's a the old Multistrada. Multistrada V4. Yes. I think that's going to be How a game changer. How have we not talked about that already? I, I, well, we've I, talked about it. Have we? I think we have, but I mean, we I've, haven't talked I've about it. I've screamed about it online because I love the Multistratas, as everybody who ever has known me knows. Yes. So that will be a 2021 model year bike confirmed yep. by Claudio Domenicali yep. himself. Uh, um, so I guess they just sold their 100,000th Multistrata. Yep. And they're in, like, just right at the little end of it. They're like, and we'll bring bringing a V4 version in 2021. <laughs> You're like, that's a weird place to put that. Uh, okay. You guys should probably say that louder. <laughs> so... That'll be interesting. Um, we've talked about this before because we talked about like I don't think they're gonna make a V4 Enduro. Right. That's I, I, I hope they don't. I think that'll be I just can't see it working. I don't see I don't see it working either. And what I'm hoping, this is where I'm where I'm going with this. I hope that Ducati comes out with a V4 Multistrada and this will make Aprilia go, wait a minute, we have a V4. Oh my god. I, 
Like, like, can you imagine like a Tuono GT or whatever the fuck they want to call it? This is this is the thing that drives me wild. Like, how obvious is that? I know. How obvious is I it? Know. Like, you have this rad motor and you put it in only two bikes, yeah. but you could have put it in like a bajillion of them. You could put like a V4 Hyper Motard type bike. You could put it in a V4 Multistrada type bike. You could put it in a V4. Fuck, man, you could put it in a fucking cruiser. I would buy that shit. So I got to ride a, a buddy's... KTM twelve ninety uh, GT. That's the yeah. Is that what it is? I'm really bad with my yeah, KTM models. Twelve ninety the 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 Super Duke GT. Yeah, so it's got the bags on it and the bigger it's windscreen. A Super Duke with a windscreen and right, bags. Right, love that bike. So I rode that bike and and I fell in love with it because it's small, especially like parked next to a Multistrada. Never mind my big tank, but regular Multistrada. This is smaller. In fact, the person who owns this bike had a regular twelve hundred Multistrada S, and they got it because it's a smaller bike that is easier to ride around town and it just has a you know lighter weight that works out for them better so i got to ride this thing for about 15 minutes and like that's the bike that made me want to scream in my helmet like hey aprilia you have a tuono like it's already there all you got to do is in my simplify oversimplified head is like put a slightly bigger subframe on it for the rear end and put a bigger windscreen on it and fucking go ride <laughs> if i i mean the only thing that would hold me back from getting a super duke gt would just be the fact that I can't go off road with it, and I'd have to make that make mental choice of like, okay, do I really want to go off road right. with like a super adventure or like with a twelve ninety adventure, or do I want like something more like small, like a seven ninety, and then have this for the street? Because that that would be that the GT does everything I want a street bike to do. It's you can tour on it, you could track day on it, yep. you could commute on it, you could do dank woolies on it, dank. You could probably go. From Columbia to Florida with cocaine on it, probably. Put you know, put it in a subframe, uh, submarine at least. I submarine it. Yeah, just put it in submarine no, that, mode. That bike's amazing. That bike made me want to call Aprilia and yell at them. Actually, I did. I talked to my buddy at Aprilia. Like, are you guys out of your mind? Why isn't this a thing? It, it boggles my mind. It's such an obvious, like, like you talk yeah. about like uh, white space on like on the product map board, right? <laughs> Like, this is like a gigantic hole. This is just like you could fit a whole lasagna through this hole. Like it's just like, hey, I'm popping meatballs hey. at you. Bippity bobbity. And being a Prilia, I guarantee you they would be able to make it and sell it for under twenty thousand dollars and still make right. money on there. And it would it would take away sales from it Ducati. Would crush it. It would crush it. Are you listening to us? I mean, Aprilia effectively only sells two bikes because the nine hundred platform is not so good. Yeah. They got an adventure bike that I I just saw coming up. Maybe, potentially. Oh. I could have sworn I saw a little something, something with like right. a middleweight, like oh, the six sixty platform. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll but like they're gonna do to like a twenty one inch wheel and stuff like like it looked like a proper middleweight. What are you talking about? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta you're look. Talking about stuff. Aprilia? You're talking about Gucci? Aprilia? No. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Find it. I'm gonna. Oh yeah, you betcha. <laughs> oh, you didn't think I was gonna go there, did you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Going to go all the way back to Minnesota for a minute, talking to my buddies out there. Going to be uh, doing some ice fishing coming up pretty soon, you know, um, once the lake freezes over. All right. It's a concept. The the Touareg, Touareg 900. You put it up. Who did? Oh, show me. Show me. Flip it's on phone, asphalt and rubber. Flip your phone around. Touareg 900. That's a concept by Oberdon Bezzi. Oh, damn it. Those people always make the best concepts. This should be a thing. I mean, it should be. I mean, the 900 motor is kind of meh. Yeah, meh. But, but like if they but do a 660 version of this? That would be a cool, like they should have something like that in the platform. Like the 660 is going to replace the 900. Right. So absolutely make a 660 version of that. That would be amazing. And I think they will because my understanding with the 660 platform, 
is we're going to see a full fairing sport bike. We're going to see a naked right. fairing sport bike. We're going to see like a super moto type bike. We're going to see an adventure bike. Like they got a, the price point they want to hit. They need to make like four or five, 10, bikes. 20,000 of those yeah. motors a year. Basically, if they did that and did a V4 GT bike, I'm, Aprilia would Ugh. redefine their brand right then. It would be like, boom, you went from two decent selling bikes to like a bunch of really cool bikes that'll be really, really approachable for, by a lot of people. Here's the thing I don't understand about Aprilia. Because like you come out and you make two amazing motorcycles. Like in my mind, the Tuono and the RC4 are class leading bikes. Right. I kind of lean more towards the Super Duke, but man, you could talk me into a Tuono really easily. I and I like the Panigale V4, but I think for my money, I'm still getting an RS V4. Like I just sit there, I'm just like, it's a lot of bike for the money. You guys are crushing it. Yep. So I know you can do it. And then you sit there and you make like these decisions that kind of like remind me of the AMA. <laughs> you know when they were running AMA Pro Racing, right? Or well, that was it was actually DMG that was running AMA Pro Racing. And you sit there and you like you like hear them announce something. You're like. That is literally the opposite of what I would do. Everything you guys do, <laughs> I think you should be doing the exact opposite. Like it's it's almost one of those things. Like you sit in a you sit in a boardroom and you go, okay, what should we do? Uh, we should market our sport more. Okay, yeah, let's do the opposite. Can we market other people's sports for them? Let's do that. Let's do that instead. That would be the better way of doing it. And you just they're like the same thing with Aprilia. Just like the potential is obvious. It's so high. You could do it. Yep. And then like you make like this conscious decision to fuck it up. And I don't understand why. They're a, they're a, I think they're laundry money. They're an odd group. I think they just got to be laundry. I, I really, I, I always think they're wonder. in on this, this right. submarine business. They got to make just enough money to make it look like they're doing business. But you know, but meanwhile, they come scary. up with really cool stuff like the that V85 TT. Everyone's like sold Rad out bike. of them. Every dealership sold out of them. Red bike. So someone somewhere is thinking, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand where their mind's at. I don't know why they're more excited about the electric Vespa than the idea of a, a bike that'll actually sell like like the thing we're talking about. I mean, having a little bit of knowledge of what goes on in Piaggio, I would imagine. That's why, Brian, that's why I, I would imagine that's the you. issue. Is back. You go back to the mothership in Piaggio, right. and Piaggio's like, "Hey, yeah, we make all of our money on Vespa scooters. Let's yeah. just let's just not fuck that game up. And as long as Aprilia doesn't lose money, like we don't we don't really care. Like they're not." <laughs> It's a rounding error for us at the end of the day. You sold like what nine thousand bikes all last year? Okay, fine. Cool. We sold like a million. All right, cool. Moto, cool. Good job, Moto Guzzi. Uh, we sold nine hundred thousand Vespas. Uh, it's like the most iconic scooter ever. I don't know. It might be a big deal. I, I truthfully, I think that's the business decision. It probably where is. there's let's say there's a thousand employees. I don't know how many employees there are at Piaggio. Let's say there's a thousand. Nine hundred and fifty of them work for Vespa. You know that's <laughs> well, what even you said. It. You went to the two different factories, and it was night and night day, day between Vespa night and, and Motoguzzi. It was like going to like <laughs> World War Two to like Star Wars. They're making Motoguzzi's under candle power still. Literally, literally. <laughs> that, well, actually, funny. That's how Urals are made. I know they are. <laughs> Sometimes the power goes out of the factory at Ural, and they make the bikes by candlelight. True story. True story. You ever get a Ural and it's missing a bolt? It was when power went out. Yeah, the guys just didn't the, see it. Yeah, they didn't pay the bill that year. <laughs> Claiming that they didn't pay the bill. It's so out when of you hear that story, all the nonsense of Euro starts making sense. <sighs> you should definitely buy one of those. <sighs> Said no one ever. <sighs> but everyone that owns it has like this innate love for the idea that they own an Ural. Yeah, it's called Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> it just holds you fucking... A dear friend of ours had one. And then 
And then it blew up twice. And, and blew he up finally twice. learned his lesson. <laughs> and I literally said, like, hey, I told you so. But then he bought a really awesome and reliable and good motorcycle. Zero. Zero. <laughs> I was like, he's like the home of like bad motorcycles. Uh, you know, listen, every home a- every home can be a foster home, and his is a foster home for bad motorcycles. But you know what, Shane? Like, there's so many good bikes out there right now. So when I see someone buy one, we're like, that's not a great bike. Like you're gonna you're gonna have nothing but trouble with that bike. Like I just just heads up, that's gonna be a pain in the neck. Now, to be fair, to be fair, I've got that Husky Supermoto. <laughs> so what what can I say that I haven't already done? See, it goes back to what I said. There's certain bikes that just bring out the best or the worst in you, and you just uh, look at it and go, "Fuck, I gotta own uh, that." Somebody somewhere looks at a Ural and goes, "I need one of those." Like I hear people all the time, our my non motorcyclist friends. Every time they see a sidecar Ural, they're like, "Oh my god, can you imagine how fun it would be to be together on this motorcycle?" I'm like, "Yeah, when it runs." But that's you know, that's for my sentence ends with that. I would love to do. I would love to become an Uber driver or Lyft. I'm not and Ural people around. I just use a Ural. Oh my god, that's a great plan, especially in Portland. Come on, that would be amazing. I mean, your business would only be half the year, but still. I get a heated. If I there. if if I called you and you showed up to the airport with a Ural, I would laugh so goddamn. I'd be the right? happiest human being on the planet. Like fuck I want to do it just for April Fools. Like I want to. I'll get. I'll go through all the process just to get like my car registered and do the whatever <laughs> thing and all that, and then just like April Fool's Day show up in there because you know you're gonna get booted out of the system. Like oh I mean, you're God. gonna get Immediately. banned from Uber. There's instantly. always there's always a couple of videos on YouTube that have millions of views, and some dude shows up in a Lamborghini because he like registered his Kia. Yeah, but then he showed up in a Lamborghini, and just people are. It is pretty fun to watch. So maybe Ural's the way to do it, or Goldwing. Oh, Goldwing's not. See, the Ural is actually pretty good because you yeah, can you can get and, two people on right. it. Oh, that's true. Um, you could probably get three if one of them's kind of tiny, and you can do the luggage pretty easily. That would be amazing. But like the Goldwing, well, obviously can't put anything in the luggage. Nothing. There's no. There's no room whatsoever. Nothing. Maybe a sandwich. Um, but does Small have that one. seat. Yeah. I don't think Honda would go for that one. That's a little too crazy for them. I think the trick is to just the crazy do rush and the, though. Oh, the crazy rush would be it. like hell yeah. You're all here. We'll give you a two wheel drive one so you can do it in the snow. Best of luck. In Soviet Russia, Uber drives you. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, Ural drives you. They're just oh. up in Seattle. We can make this happen. Yeah, lift. I've seen the lift spot not far from my house where they do the testing and the inspections of the cars. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Interesting. By Mississippi. Oh, the Miss. The Miss. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm, something something for next year something for 2020 things to things to remember all right uh i had two more things to talk about but we're just not going to do them that's what i feel about you gas gas getting taken over by ktm and envy of gusta getting funding for the next five years speaking of russians what yeah dude the russians there's russians some money taking there over i mean interesting you know, i fascinating it's funny I, i've been trying to get an interview with with um Timur Sadarov for like the last like six months. And it's just been like a nightmare of mostly his personal secretary. I was going to say, you probably emails. have to go through his security first. But it's been fun. It's been a funny thing because like you sit there, I'm like, I think you're actually doing a really good thing for this company. I think you're actually turning it around. And <laughs> I think, I think I'm kind of like thinking Envy Augusta might make it now. Ooh. I've actually been, I've been pretty bullish on Envy for the last year or two. But you love them. That's the reason you're that way towards them. I've never seen you not smile at an Envy. They make a great bike. Yeah. But like they break your heart enough where you get angry at them because you love them. 
that's the thing. That's the thing where I sit there and I'm just like, you guys could do it. You could make it. Like, it's one of those, it's, we were talking earlier about Alta and like, you know, it's like 50-50 crapshoot. Right. And like, that's where Alta was like on their, on the curve. Like, you kind of have to like get over the hump. Like, MV, I feel is like over that hump where it's more than 50. Like, oh, come on. Just somebody's in the back holding the fucking thing down still. Don't fuck it up and you'll make it. Just (laughs) don't sneeze or whatever it is. You'll, You'll get there just fine. I swear if I see a segment of the LCD screen on your next bike, I'm going to throw something at you. Oh, my God. Fucking dashes. Just drive me bonkers. Just drive me bonkers. I have like, weird things that I don't like about motorcycles sometimes, and that's one of them. But they make a really good bike. Like, I'm really excited about the Brutality 1000. I think the thing looks amazing. Um, Really curious to see where the 1000 platform goes in the next year or two. The 800s. Are, I love the 800s. You think they'll let me be their next uh, nude model for their next ad campaign? Um, I feel like I could do a good job. I mean, you're gonna have to get bigger breasts, but you know, have you seen these things? <laughs> you did just house all the cookies I made you exactly. Eat. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Here, you eat these cookies. All right, I'm a fat kid. Can I, lose weight. I can't have cookies in my house. <laughs> Drinking my Diet Coke over here, hating my life. Diet Coke, where's your water? I know, right? Um, call your mom. Yeah, I'm curious to see where they're going. They're, I am cautiously optimistic, hopeful, and then KTM's just taking over the whole dirt segment that's crazy ktm's just gonna take over everything's gonna be orange one in two dirt bikes sold in the u.s is, is a ktm company that's a very very powerful thing to say right that's a lot and then like the other quarter is honda and then everyone else is just table just, scrapping just hoping for it guys we're still here selling bikes yeah uh, i think that's right i'm pretty sure ktm's half the market i'm not sure if honda's the other quarter i'd have to double check where are all the big brands in america orange well, that's interesting. What's it say about us? Yeah. Do we like orange that much? It is that time of year. You're going to get yourself some pump, pumpkin spice, pump, spice business? Pumpkin spice. I don't, I don't think I've ever had pumpkin spice anything in my entire life, and I'm kind of cool with that. You know, they make pumpkin spice Oreos. Don't care. Huh. Why would I have that when there's the regular Oreos so good? You don't eat your regular Oreos. I've seen your Oreos. It's, it's, the, same thing. it's, the, same, it's the same thing with Mountain Dew. That's fair. Why do you keep coming out with code red, live wire, <laughs> Baja, this is blue shit. blast, whatever? Like you already you already hit the zenith. You hit the peak of it. You hit it like the original is perfect. It's a fucking Mona Lisa. <laughs> Don't go like scribbling off like making derivatives. Quit, quit putting mustaches on her face. She's fine the way she is. Don't make a Mona Tony. Don't make a Mona <laughs> Rachel. Don't be making, you know, like you got Mona Lisa, you're done. <gasps> they can one make and a, done. an orange flavor one. They call it Mona Habibi. Listen, no. we Middle Easterners love orange soda. I don't know why, but that we is, do. That is a thing over there. Uh, we love it. You guys are getting the diabetes real hard now, though. You know. That's a thing. It is. It's a huge thing in the Middle East. I know. I should you can't drink, drink the alcohol. Orange juice. And you just drink the... the Juice is a big thing over there. Juice I remember when juice. I was in Morocco, man. If you didn't get a, a tea, you're getting a juice. Yeah. You need flavor all the time, man. You're in the desert. I was going to say, like, <laughs> it is so dry. And There's so only desert. so many dates you can eat. Yeah. <laughs> Liven you up. But uh, <laughs> mysteries for next time. Mysteries for next time. <laughs> Good talk. I'll see you out there. Safety third. Oh, you, won't, you got through all those cookies like a good man. I did. Thank you so much for doing my, the Lord's work my, on that. Took my job job seriously. Give me give me some levels, and you get a second.